following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hit, yet completely trivial, football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, well, well to the broken helmet. Let's rock. And coming to you live on tape on this Saturday, August 19th, 2023. To get in touch with the show, you can email us at brokenhelmetshow at gmail.com or via Twitter, which is now X, but everybody still calls it Twitter or they call it X now Twitter. Whatever it is, our handle is at helmetbroken. Anyway, fantasy season is well in effect right now. Draft season specifically. Over the next two weeks, you're going to see everyone fight to get their drafts in. Each year starts earlier and earlier, and the draft date emails this year, I think, started coming around July 4th. And we are now a good solid two and a half month, or a month and a half after that. So if you are like me, and you haven't been a good commissioner and got haven't got your draft date email out as of yet, you are going to be up shit's creek. It's going to be not a lot of days on the schedule to get that in, but that's the beauty of the modern era and doing everything online and digitally because you just got to figure out, we need an hour and a half of everybody's time in 10.30 on a Tuesday on a random week. And boom, that's it. That works. You get everybody together, and, and there it is. Not as much fun, Chris, as the days have passed, where we used to always do it in person, which is the way to go. We don't have that flexibility anymore because, unfortunately, we're older. Everybody has families and kids, and they all get in the goddamn way for doing what we want to do, which is to sit around with a big, gigantic cooler full of beer and then just be degenerates for an afternoon on a Saturday and watching TV, you know, in the corner, drafting away on the draft board, walking up, putting your sticker up there. We don't we don't get those days anymore. Now, do we, Chris? No. No, we don't. I, you know, it's funny, too, because the, the people that we listen to on the radios and watch on the TVs – those quote unquote fantasy analysts, they actually prefer not to sit around with their buddies and draft. Like they, they prefer to have those computer stats in front of them. Uh, well, where I mean, it, like it evens out the fucking the game, and which sucks because if you actually you could put anybody in a league, and all they have to do is click on the next in line, you know, the next ADP. Yes, well, th- that's the point that I would agree with you there. Because I do like having everything in front of me. And if I was to sit on a live draft, I'd love to have all that just sitting in front of me right away. I, I end up being still old school because I'll just have pieces of paper all over the place. I know that nowadays there are a, a slew of different software complements to organize all of your draft stuff. I just I don't know if I've yet seen the need for that. I think a couple of sheets of paper and you know a, a draft kit guide book that you could you know copy over and over again and just take that cheat sheet and you just do what you do because you've got your you've got your selections in your head and the things that you like. I think that's the way to go. But 
what I'm saying I agree with you in with is about sitting there per mano a mano with everybody else. And then it's the investment of time and their efforts that they put into it, which is when you do it in person, you know, there definitely is value added to the person that puts a lot of effort and is paying attention to, you know, where is everybody drafting and what are they drafting? And that guy doesn't have a quarterback yet. And that guy's got three running backs and no wide receivers. And there are just certain people that are clueless and they're just pop builders because that's just the way it is. And I think, you know, what's unfortunate is that when you do do it digitally, that kind of evens the playing field because it prevents you know, the pot builders from really putting together shitbox teams. You know, I mean, not always. Some some do, you know, and I mean, there's people that hop in and out of the draft and they miss a pick and, you know, you get that shit instead. There, there's no perfect way. There really isn't. I think the high-end leagues is probably the, the most competitive and even keel that you're going to get because the high-end league, there's commitment in it. There's financial commitment, right? And so if people are putting in, I don't know, 500 to 1,000 bucks into a league, it's not going to be like your you know, typical $100, $150 league where people are like, oh, shit, you know, I can't make it. I'm just going to let the computer pick. You know, you, you put 500,000 bucks in, I, I don't care who you are, you're, you're going to be there, you know, ready to rock and roll with your shit together, so. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of true. But I, I mean, and also for the fantasy analyst, fantasy analysts, and you know, I, probably more active players. I used to be a lot more active than I, I probably will be this year. I think I I petered out around like 10, 10 leagues that I was in. But these fantasy drafts, especially with best ball and all that stuff, I mean, you're talking tens to to twenties to hundreds of leagues that they probably enter because it's like poker, right? It's, it's the same approach as like people that play poker digitally. And that is if I'm better than the rest, then my higher volume of activity is going to equate to more wins. Yes, that's true. That's very true. My, if my win rate is 58 to 62%, you know, that's better than 50, 50. So the more leagues that I'm in, the more I should cash. Right. And so that ends up, you know, so, uh, but anyway, like I said, we are in full swing. When is the league that we, uh, your, I have not set a date yet. It'll probably be the Tuesday of the week start or maybe that Thursday, Wednesday before, but when is your date set for your league? That's set. Our uh, Lost in the Fog draft is next Saturday. So that's one next Saturday. I also have one next Sunday. Also yep. during a birthday I, party, I so I'm going to be down the shore, down at Point Pleasant, at uh, at, a, at a family kid's first birthday party, and I'm going to be drafting while I'm walking around the the, the party. So that's going to be a fucking mess. So uh, so be it. But that, that's what ends up happening. You know, you got to get these drafts in, and you know, depending on where there are no perfect summer days to get these drafts, and you know, you got to get them in when you can. So. And uh, I don't even know, I like my Wake Forest League, I haven't heard anything about that one yet. I imagine we're still doing it, but I haven't heard. It just gets, the older you get, the later in the uh, later in the calendar year to do the invites and the league get up and go, co- communication go forward. So, um, but anyway, all right, enough of all that shit. Like I said, we everybody is getting into their fantasy football right about now. We did quarterbacks last 
show. So this one we are going to end up flipping over, and we'll talk about wide receivers and tight ends. For us, when we talk about wide receivers, tight ends, we're going to talk about wide receivers with tight ends first, and then we'll spend you know, a hot second afterward to talk about tight ends on their own because there really are not a whole lot that you know, warrant talking about. And if you are going to commit to trying to get one of the better tight ends and improve your team that way by getting that one position that just outscores, you know, your opponent by that much more, I, you know, there's only a couple of guys that that can be done with anyway. So um, again, we'll talk about wide receivers and tight ends together as a, in the wide receiver pool, if you will. And then we'll bounce tight end. So without further ado, uh, why don't we hit off Wide receiver, tight ends. Do you want to talk about any kind of top-level sleepers you might have, potential busts, things that you're concerned about before we go into you know our tiers and getting more into the guts with it? Uh, well, we're gonna. You want to start with tight ends or just both together? Both together. Both together. It doesn't matter. Yeah, everything so, together. Fine. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably the top-level busts for you know, wide receiver tight end as a whole, like tight end, you know, like Mark Andrews is to me, somebody that, um, you know, kind of lives and dies by how good Lamar Jackson is going to be. And so it's, you know, as we've seen, he, he can be amazing and can change for sure leagues. You know, like he literally can go off for 25 points a week and then all of a sudden Lamar Jackson has a bad game or he's hurt again and Mark Andrews is good for six points, you know? And and it's like, especially leagues that are tight end premium or leagues that are are like uh, normal, what you would consider normal leagues where you have to start a tight end. Like those leagues, there's only so many freaking tight ends you can play right and so you're banking on a mark andrews to to provide some sort of relief for somebody else that might not perform and then and then you know six points well i think that when you talk about mark andrews the unfortunate thing about him and the caution that you uh would have is there is dual risk right because you're going to have the normal tight end, you're drafting them high, you're sacrificing the other positions, so you're banking on this position ge- generating you a solid amount of points. You have the injury risk for that person, and then in this case, you definitely have an injury risk on the quarterback as well. So you have both Andrews and Jackson both having injury risk that would impact the performance of said position when it's Andrews that you're drafting a tight end and it's probably going to have to be a higher pick because somebody's going to want him because they like the value of high scoring tight ends in tight end specific leagues so I agree with you there I have a little bit of question tight end wise for you know Andrews himself especially just because he's higher you know um yeah he's I mean he's going really really high he's like average draft position I think like 30 Right. Like that's so, that's insane for somebody that, that I get I get that he's good, but I mean you're you're talking like third round, right? If you just throw all positions together, he's going around the likes of 
like a Najee, uh, like a DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, uh, ahead of people like Keenan Allen and Debo Samuel and Josh Jacobs, who was the leading rusher last year. Like, right. Well, I mean, it's doing it. it it's because it's of just, tight end. It's, it's the value of the tight end, and that that's the rationale for it is that you know I want now that that's been an approach that people have been taking for decades now right I mean going back to Tony Gonzalez and then after that Gronk and then you know in, in Antonio Gates I mean insert you know high scoring tight end here because in tight end specific leagues you know if you get somebody that scores 20 and the guy against you is getting you know some Rudy Pooh candy ass that's scoring eight I mean win for you and a fucking big zero for them right so I, I mean I, I understand the strategy I just and that's why it, it pushes them up there I don't you know in a tight end specific league for me you know I it would probably be Kelsey or bust right that would be the only guy that I would think about drafting up high Otherwise, then I'm just going to start picking them, you know, after, you know, I, I'm happy with my wide receivers and my running backs. And or, you know, if I'm just worried because it's just gotten really thin and I just don't want to get some, you know, piece of shit stuck in that position. Um, it, I, it, it's going to have to it's going to change, dude, sooner or later. It, there's there's no way Travis Kelsey's. There's no way Travis Kelsey is going to be, you know, there has to be an evolution. There always is, right? Like, well, it's age, like, right? I mean, he's 33, and so the question is always going to become like, when does it start going downhill, right? When is it an injury? When is it a just a lack of performance? His skill set goes down. Something goes goes wrong with Mahomes. You know, I mean, it's been quite a while here that Kelsey has been, you know, rip roaring away, and you're you're waiting for some kind of downtick. Um, Holy shit! Kyle Pitts is only twenty-two. Only is only twenty-two. You think that he should be higher? I, I, no, 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 no. Age twenty-two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's super young. He just came out uh, I, two years ago. I mean, he's in his third year. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm used to, you know, maybe going into his twenty-fourth year. Oh, maybe I, his, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. You know, you, you have that COVID era, right, where everybody pushed back. They got that extra year. And so, you know, you had a lot of kids coming out that were 24, 25. Um, you know, like it, Calvin Ridley, I, I wanted to do this and I got all these numbers. I got all these players and I wanted to play this game of who's older, Calvin Ridley or this guy. And Calvin uh, Ridley. Calvin Ridley's fucking it's usually, it's usually Calvin Ridley who, you know, he's been in the league, but he hasn't been in the league that long. I mean, yeah, sure, he played with Julio Jones, but that was at, like, the very end of Julio's run. And then it was his thing. And I think we, we covered this, but, you know, it was like, you know, he's 28 or 29 years old. It's like... Yeah, nobody, nobody remembers how old he is. Everyone's like, oh, he's going to, like... Change the fantasy world this year. Like, no, he's not. Like, you he's, would think that he was like 26, 20, 26, 27. 25, like, right, right. You know, he's right, like right. eight, nine, or whatever. So, I, regardless. But, um, yeah, so I, Kyle Pitts is young. Uh, going back to, well, well, let's just get off it because now we got, you know, d- dabbled into tight end specific, but that was because we were talking about potential busts. But, I mean, I'll, I'll give you one yeah. of mine that has. Concern. I, I mean, I'll give you the whole slew of, of concerned people for me. Um, you know, Mark Andrews would be one on the on the on the tight end side. Uh, I I would also have one you know tight end concern because we're talking about them 
also along with wide receivers in the same talent pool, would be Darren Waller because as much as I love him this year, he just always gets hurt and he gets old. And I, I just I have a ton of concern with him for where you're going to see him get picked, especially with his heavy utility in the preseason here with Daniel Jones. But wide receivers like Tyreek Hill, more so than Jalen Waddle. I, I have concerns about Hill because I have concerns about Tua. And if Tua, you know, battles something in the beginning of the year, they they go to Mike White, and I, for where you're going to have to pick Hill, I would be afraid of the drop-off should something happen with Tua. Cooper Cup, same thing, probably more in line with the Andrews critique where Cup is in, coming off injury, so you have an injury thing. He's not young. He's like 29, going on 30, or at least 29 right now. You also have the injury factor with uh, uh, Matt Stafford, right? And him coming back from last year, plus he's older. And so for where people are drafting, Cup, Cup is like going, I mean, I think his average rank right now, like is seven through, you know, if you go to like Fantasy Pros and they do the average per all different leagues, it's like up at like seven. Like that's a heavy pick for somebody. Yeah, he almost had 2,000 two yards. Yeah, he's seven. You know, uh, two years ago. But other than that 2,000 yard, and he was on a tear last year until he got hurt. Um, but again, you know, concern for me there. Amari Cooper, I just have a concern with because he's getting old. He was solid last year, but, you know, not, you haven't heard good words coming out of Houston so far, not Houston, uh, Cleveland so far Cleveland. in the preseason with the passing game. And Cooper, for me, uh, you know, I, I would think that his best years are behind him and starting to move down. Uh, and then the two other ones that I have concern with is Godwin and Evans. Because Godwin and Evans, I you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do with that quarterback position. And so, I, you know, Trask, Mayfield, who knows? Trask was in there today. They were showing highlights at the halftime of the Chicago-Indianapolis game that's taking place. And uh, Trask looked fucking terrible. Terrible. So, you know, I just don't know. Does it not matter who the quarterback is that Evans and Godwin are, are going to get the same kind of utilization? I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm just not sure. But I have concerns. And so those were some of the uh, major concerns that I had out of the gate. Um, you know, you could go through and obviously, you know, people could, you know, cherry pick whatever they uh, like in terms of all of these guys and, and, and define it. But those were the ones that I had, uh, you know, Andrews Waller for tight ends. You roll them with the, with the wide receivers and then, you know, Hill cup Cooper Godwin Evans. Uh, you know, are there any wide receivers uh, specific that you have concerns about? Yes. No. Yeah. Cooper, Cooper cut. You already took Cooper cup. I mean, that's, that's my number one, like biggest concern, you know, just, he, he's coming off an injury and he's already injured. And then he's dealing with a quarterback who was injured, who's older. I, I mean, just all those things added together just don't add up. I'm not really concerned about Hill like you are. Uh, I'm pretty concerned about a Devontae Adams who's just 30 years old now and he's on. I, I get like he to, to the advanced metrics will tell you that like the age that he's at there's very few people in the history of the nfl who have put up those top 10 numbers that we're so used to seeing from a Devonte adams so that that's a really 
scary situation for the Raiders who paid out the asshole for a guy, you know, for, for <laughs> who's almost, I guess, you know, into the prime of his or past the prime of his career. Um, yeah, Azer was talking. Know, I think it was Azer. But it was the CBS uh, fantasy uh, football podcast. Uh, but I think it was Azer that was specifically talking about almost a, a very similar uh, item to what you were just mentioning. And that being, you know, somebody of that age putting up those kind of fantasy points. I, you know, at, well, just regular production numbers continuing on. It just doesn't it doesn't happen. Right. So, you know, age yeah, is the biggest concern in that. And the Which change is, of quarterback. Exactly. Like, what are you, what are you going to get this year? You know, good right, Garoppolo, right, shitty Garoppolo. Right. Yeah, uh, Garoppolo, no. Yeah, so <laughs> Garoppolo. I no. just, gar- yeah. uh, I just, I just don't know about that. But you know, but that's the same thing that you can go through almost the whole list of of people. Like we talked about really already, you know, and that and that's a big concern for. For somebody that in dynasty leagues, like he doesn't hold value to me, right? Like he, for instance, like he might be good this year. He might be the go-to for uh, uh, Lawrence, but you know, I, you know, what what's he going to do past this year? So he might do all right. He, on a pure volume basis, he might be okay, but whatever. Uh, DK Metcalf had a really shitty season. He's somebody that he's in a really bad situation where. You're you're talking about a guy who's coming off the worst year of his career in year four into year five, and then they draft probably the best wide receiver in the class, you know. And it's like how much how much volume is 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 he going to get now, or is he going to have the best year of his career? Right? Like is yeah is that guy NJ whatever? Uh, uh, Everybody's just saying JSN, NJ. right? JSN, Jackson that's Smith, it, yeah. Everybody's just saying JSN, so that's what I'm doing. It, it's just as easy. Right, so so does JSN come in and all of a sudden they can't double cover DK anymore? So DK now has a, you know, goes off, right? right like, well, but, but he's somebody that I'm not drafting. Like, I'm, I'm scared, I'm scared of, of him. Like a Debo Samuel. I want nothing to do with it. There's just too <laughs> many mouths funny. to feed. Congratulations. That was uh, one of the guys that I also, I you know, I, I didn't talk about him because I have him down farther on the uh, on the chain here. But Debo, to me, like, is a concern for the same reasons that you just mentioned. I, I What are you going to get out of him? Like, how do you, how can you be dependent on him when it's like, ah, you know, like two years ago, he was this utility knife player that got you points everywhere. Last year, not so much. And now it's, you know, who's going to be the quarterback? Is Purdy healthy? Is he not healthy? So uh, that was funny that you just mentioned Samuel because that was one of the guys I was going to talk about later on with uh, not as much a concern right now that I would mention with these other guys, but somebody that I just am not, I'm not high on because, like you said, I just want nothing to do with him. It would just be too much risk. Yeah, there's there's very specific, you know, when it comes to how we draft compared to how most people draft, I know enough about the sport because I follow it kind of all year round. So uh, you start to get these biases towards who you honestly like really want and who you think may blow up versus who you're just like, nah, I don't care if they fall to me in the seventh round. Like I, 
I, I'm not taking Debo Samuel. Like he's just gonna he's just gonna occupy a spot on my bench that, and then I'm gonna wind up with that with that thought process of like, oh, is he gonna blow up this week? No, and you're gonna play that game of, I bench him the week he blows up, and I play him the week he sucks over and over and over. Yeah, well, the key I think to the wide receiver receiver position much well, I I don't it doesn't impact running backs I feel as much because there's a little bit of flexibility but like I want my wide receiver set and I don't want to fuck with my lineup I want my guys playing and then I just want to forget about those positions running backs sure. I, you know I, you always want that out of your entire lineup but I'm a lot more comfortable switching in and out of running backs right now because I feel like there'll be somebody along the way that I could pick up and slide in and get me some spot points I don't want to do that with the wide receivers because I just I, I it's the position more impacted by the average, I think, than anything. I, I, I wanna get all of the points from week one through eighteen. I obviously not eighteen because you know, fantasy football doesn't work that way, but you know what I mean. Um, I just want to get all those points and average it out and, and I'll tinker and toy with my running backs a little bit more than my wide receivers. Yeah. I- have a very specific way of doing things and like when it comes to running backs i like to just have like that hero running back i always like to have one what i think is going to work out to be like a hero running back one really good guy the hero and then that's that's one of the things that i think is fucking hysterical is that there is (laughs) there's all this terminology now in fantasy football where i mean it just didn't exist you know 20 30 years ago I, you know, 99 when I started doing fantasy football, it, hero running back was, I, nobody even knew what the hell that was, right? I mean, it was just, I mean, such a different game, but it's just funny because nowadays. Yeah, well, I mean, now now it's like, you know. It's just part no of everybody's vernacular. If you're a male right, from the age of like 18 to 50, you know, you hear hero running back and you're like, yeah, man, that I, I like that strategy. Or no, that strategy fucking sucks. But like hero running yeah. back immediately gets a response that people can relate to. Brock Purdy, well, four for zero, five for 65 zero. yards in the San Francisco game tonight. Yeah, don't care. Still never going to take him. You'd think like he would be the bet, like he'd be the best go-to late late draft steal because he has so many weapons and he doesn't have to do shit. He just has to, to like do little drop off passes and the rest of then his team's just so, I mean, they're so athletic. They just, you're talking about the 49ers, correct? Did. And Purdy. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think, I think people are going to jump on Purdy. I, I think so long as they're, I mean, it doesn't sound like his, his elbow or whatever is battling any issues. And so long as it, there's no talk out out of camp that has anybody concerned. I think people will pounce on Purdy this year, and no, I think that'll actually it might impact uh, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel's uh, position a little bit toward the upside. I would think, you know, because uh, I, I think my biggest concern with Ayuk and, and Samuel is I I don't know who's going to be throwing the ball. Right, if I heard it's Purdy and Purdy's fine, I mean he was really good at the end of last year, and yeah, I would like that a little good. bit more. Um, he was good. He was good, but he wasn't good for fantasy. He wasn't like this amazing fantasy starter. I don't remember his fantasy points, but I, you know, 
the reason that I would like that this year isn't as much because of the fantasy points in 2022 as the development of a rookie quarterback to a second year in the system and more command of the system and thereby being able to have better efficiency in you know the offense connecting with targets and that having a downstream effect on the wide receivers themselves. That, that's why I like it more. Not because of his performance last year, just the maturity and the potential impact it could have on his current performance. I have his numbers for the fantasy end of the regular season and into the playoffs. And they're, they're fine. They're, they're 17, 20, 18, 17.3, 20. So it's Those are not fine. like he, so they're fine. They're fine. Yeah, but if he upticks that and puts three onto that, and now you're talking about 20 and 20 over, you'd take that. Who wouldn't? Sure. Sure. No, no, no. no of course. You know, I mean, he's not going to go super high because I don't think anybody's expecting him to throw up 30s and stuff like that, right? Like, it's not like Mahomes and that tier quarterback. But, um, right. you know, I mean, I, he, he probably he'd probably go right there with like the Kirk Cousins, if not higher, because people would rather have him than Cousins. Um, but before, you know, we digress, we'll go back to, to wide receivers. So are there other people that you could think of that would be the other side of the coin where potential breakout stars or people that you have a lot of stock in that you like to, that you're thinking about stocking up on across your teams? Uh, yeah, I mean, from, from the top of the list down, like, I really like a CD lamb. Love CD lamb. I love CD lamb. I have him high in my tears when we get to it. I'm, I'm one right there with you. I just think that he's just, he's, he's, he's been with Prescott now for so long. And like, I think that's just the guy he trusts. And I think he's going to evolve into one of those guys that receives, 150 to 175 targets this year. He's just they're just going to pepper him with with whatever they can. Like I really like him. I really like a Jalen Waddle for the opposite reason that for for kind of the same reasons that you don't like Tyree Kill. Uh, I think Waddle is honestly more of a complete receiver. Tyree Kill is just unbelievably fast. Yeah, well, talking specifically about fantasy, I do like Waddle, and I'm more comfortable with Waddle versus Hill because you're going to get him at a lower at a lower round for one, and I think that he has potential that wouldn't be as impacted by the wide receiver as per se Hill does, right? Because yeah. Yaddle, Yaddle, Jalen Waddle is, you know, the, the high-flying downfield threat, right? So he's going to be the burner. And, you know, whether it's Mike White or Tua, you know, the burner is going to get those throws kind of regardless. And he did it last year on not a lot anyway, right? So he averaged yeah, just it was under... Yeah, crazy. Yeah, he averaged just under 80 yards a game. And he did so on an average of under seven targets a game. Which, if you look at the top 12, uh, the 12 wide receivers ranked in terms of yards per game, not yardage total, but yards per game, top 12, there's only two that are like under that are under nine big time, and that's A.J. Brown and Jalen Waddell. A.J. Brown's at 8.5, Waddell's at 6.9. 
right? So, I mean, he's just not getting targets. He's just, you know, he doesn't get the targets and he makes the most of them. So he's got a high capitalization rate, if you will. Um, yeah, he, he does for sure. But, I, you know, when you're when you're also looking at it from the perspective of, you know, who are you going to put a lot of stock in? I do believe that's more just per personal preference due to the eye test, you know, than it is versus what I'm hearing on all the radio stations and podcasts and watching on TV. Like that doesn't hurt to hear that stuff, but I've been playing fantasy for so long and and following football for so long that, you know, we're, we're going to base a lot of the, these, these stock tips on what we see through our eyes, right? Like it's the eye test. Like, like a, like a, a Jalen Waddle just, he looks good right playing the game like he looks smooth he just everything that he does is is something that you can foresee it getting even better like a chris olave chris olave was great last year but he's now gonna have a, a guy in Derek carr who is at least consistent right at least the dude can throw the ball oh, like i think that's a benefit for him that's a benefit for him. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we're on the same page. Yeah. 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 Like compared, to, I was saying at least he can do this compared to who Olave had last year, right? Like the mixture of yeah, Dalton right. Winston, right? So like you can see him blowing up, but these are easy guys to pick, right? Those are like top twelve guys to pick. If you start to go down the draft, uh, the ADP board. Like a George Pickens on on the Steelers has a chance to, to to break out like everyone else is talking about. I am all over Pickens. I I've liked him now. I liked him last year, and he was one of the guys that I said, you know, second year wide receiver. They're kind of they're all the trend right now. They're in vogue, and but I really like him. And I was like, I think I like him more than other people like him as a sleeper. And for you to say him as, like, one of your second guys out of your mouth, I'm just kind of laughing because, yeah. And I said, I, I did a show after the, the preseason games last weekend. I did one on a Monday morning. And I talked about Pickens because I said it would have been nice to be able to grab Pickens and then pick it, you know, together and get the one-two and get those guys later because Pickens would slide a little bit. Pickett would slide a little bit. But now with the way that they're performing in the – preseason and with all the the highlight real shit that you're seeing from Pickens on Instagram uh, there's no way that it's going to happen like Pickens is just going to get nabbed quick he's going to go above Deontay yeah. Johnson now, like that's not even a question you know now the question yes. becomes how high up does does Pickens go yeah you know I've been he's like somebody I've been gravitating to uh you know when you go even further down I, I actually like uh, the kid from Green Bay, uh, not Watson, but the other one. Romeo uh, Dubs. Yeah, Dobbs, I, I, had him all, I had him all last year. And he actually out in the beginning of the year, I, ha I, was, I it was great. He was killing it. And then he got hurt. And then he came back and, and Watson. Watson just had kind of owned it at that point. Blew up the water. But. There's no Aaron Rodgers, so now it's on to the next guy, and maybe Dobbs is, you know, 
the next guy's favorite, and it's not Christian Watson. So we'll see. But the rook, there's two rookies that I actually like. One of them's on the good old New York, New York football giants. That kid is is good, man. That kid's going to be good. What are you talking about, Hyatt? Yeah. That kid's going to be really good. Yeah, he's getting a lot um, of pub because he's a he's a high flyer, super quick. Uh, you know, he dropped the ball yesterday in in the preseason game. Um, I don't know. I, I just I, for purposes of fantasy football, I don't know if you know how in I am on him. Um, I you know not that I would would shy away from him, but you got you know you think about okay, well. They went out and a giant specifically. They go out. They get Waller, right? So Waller probably becomes their de facto fantasy number one because it looks like he's just going to be the checkdown guy for Daniel Jones. They go out. They get Paris Campbell. Where does he fit into the whole thing? They got Wandell Robinson coming back. He was more or less the scat back that they put in place. Not scat back, but scat wide receiver that they put it like the Z in place of Kadarius Tony because they got Tony out of there because he couldn't. You know, he just never played and he didn't want to be in New York. Um, so where where does Hyatt fit in with all the rest? And then you still have Darius Slayton. You have Sterling Shepard coming back. That it, that's just going to be. I think too big of a wide receiver room for me to get invested in, with the exception of Waller. Waller's the one that I kind of like out of there. Yeah, but he's not. So, but right, but I'm not going. I'm not going to touch Waller. But he's not somebody you're going to. He's not someone you're going to start. He's someone you're going to. You know, as you go down the draft order, and and you're talking about, I mean, late. These these like this guy's. You're going to get him. I late. think Hyatt might not even get drafted. To be honest, he will. Yeah, he will. There's maybe. too many. There's there's too many. Especially if you're from the New York area, of course he's going to get drafted. Well, who's your other who's your other rookie? Because if if, if you said the third person in a row that uh, I have Qu- highlighted, Quentin. Quentin. Oh, okay. The guy right. from not not the uh, one that I was looking at. Okay. No, I if it's Zay Flowers, no, I don't. I don't yes, like yeah, yeah. There you go. The great mind thinks like so. Yes, no, Zay Flowers. Quentin Johnson over out in uh, in L.A. Uh, Los yep. Angeles. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, I just I don't think I don't I've never believed in Mike Williams and I, I just never looked at him I've never had him on a team for the reasons that you know are quite apparent I mean the dude it's either he's hurt or he's going off for thirty points a week and I just I hate that boom bust game I just think that Quentin Jefferson Jackson whatever it is is going to be the next. He'll be their their new WR one. Uh, what's his name's getting really old. Keenan Allen's getting really old, and Mike Williams isn't going to be there much longer. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm I don't know what to do with the Chargers wide receivers, and I'd like to do something with them only because with Kellen Moore there, I think the offense could be quite different, and they probably could stretch the field a little bit longer. I do like Herbert. I just don't know, you know, where I would like to invest. You know, in one of those wide receivers, and I feel like you know Keenan Allen would probably be the guy that I like the most. Uh, you know, he is oft injured, but I just don't know where he's going to go. I have a feeling that somebody's going to invest a higher round pick than something that I'm willing to invest, and I don't know if I'll get you know a taste of him. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. But let me throw out some like other names I was looking at, and let me get your opinions on these guys. So we covered Flowers, so I won't touch about that. Uh, Calvin Ridley, I like me some Calvin Ridley this year. Because I don't like what I saw out of all of the Jaguar wide receivers last year. The best being of the bunch probably be Christian Kirk, right? And, you know, Zay Jones is there for a little bit. Evan Ingram on the on the tight end side. 
But I think that Ridley coming back, whoever he was previously, if he could replicate that in Jacksonville, I think he would be their one. Right now, he sucked. He su- I had him that I had him the the year the last year he was in uh, uh, Atlanta, and he was not that good, dude. Well, you he guys, wasn't he, that good then. You got like two, three years now. from his mental breakdown issues, and then his suspension for gambling. You know, I just think that right now, you know, every the way that everything's going in uh, in Jacksonville that it could be a good situation for him. I like Peterson as a coach. I like, uh, you know, I, I like Trevor Lawrence. So I, I like that whole deal. So I think that Ridley could be a, a nice addition. Sleeper, I don't know. He seems to be climbing up ADP boards um, more than I would like. But, you know, whatever it might be. Terry McLaurin, there's another one I was looking at. Mm, yeah, not really into anything in Washington. I, I, I don't think I'll have a single Washington player on any of my teams. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do like McLaurin. I, you know, I want to see what the enemy has. Howell's going to be going into his second year. Um, I, you know, I'm kind of, but McLaurin also isn't far enough really down. Pickens was another one, but you had mentioned him. Um, I like Waller for his utility factor. There's an injury risk. Nico Collins put up good numbers last year. And now with, uh, you know, the Cook's gone. I'm interested to see if Collins can step his personal game up a little bit. That would be nice to see. And, I, you know, a late round. I Like DJ Shark, right? I know he's not young by any means. He was good in ja- in, in Jacksonville for a hot second. Then he gets thrown to Detroit, didn't really work out that well. Now he's down in Carolina where, you know, for the most part, he's, you know, starting wide receiver material there. It sounds as though from people watching practice, he's got a good rapport going with Bryce Young. So I like, you know, the sound of all those things. And I think that you might be able to grab him late, you know, on a fly, you know, on the fly when it's just like, oh shit, he's just sitting right there. All right, I'll grab him because I could get, you know, a starter or at least a, you know, in and out wide receivers play with DJ Shark. Any thoughts? Yeah, on, that's true. Any th- thoughts on Shark or any of those guys, or did that jar up anything in your head that you could think of uh, before we just start going through the tiers? No, I think I, I, you know, I covered the basis of of my biases at this point in the fantasy draft season. Okay, well, so then tier wise, like what? Let, let's just start going through and saying who we feel belongs in each tier, and then we can obviously, you know, balance stream of thought consciousness as we move along here. Um, sure. I'll let you start. I, you know, tier one, two, one would probably be the same. Two will probably be similar. So why don't, why don't you say what you're thinking to begin with, and then I could follow up and chime in. Actually, before we get to that, let's ask this question first. What is your overall strategy and approach toward the wide receiver position this year in 23? Any different from years prior? Uh from years prior actually probably because of the ADP and where things are going I'm leaning more on quarterback and 
wide receiver early, and I will settle on some sort of assemblance of running backs, you know, running back by committee late. So I agree. I'm with you. I'm not necessarily like putting all of my chips on uh, uh, one big running back like like a Christian McCaffrey or, you know, a Saquon Barkley. Like, I don't I don't I don't care that much about those guys. Actually, after watching Bijan Robinson last night, I would be shocked if he's not the first running back off most boards. Um, Over McCaffrey and Eckler? I, I don't want, you know, I've been the big, biggest Eckler fan for years now, and I'm, I mean, I'm th- out on Eckler. Really, I, those guys are basically cemented at one and two. I, I, I think it would be a stretch for Bijan to go ahead of either of them. Did you see him last night? I mean, I, I get it. Like rookie running backs have always been like that, right? I mean, they, dude, he's huge. He's huge. You know, he's a tremendous talent. Um, I still think that it's Atlanta. Uh, McCaffrey, you, you kind of know what you're going to get with him. And he was spectacular, a huge injury risk. I mean, I just think it's aggressive to go Bijan one because there's still just the unknown of what that team's going to be. What are you going to actually get when it's the ones first defense? What are you going to get when it's you know Ritter in there? You know, do they have to go to, you know to Heineke later on? I just think there's a question, but I I, I get you you. You're more focused on filling up the wide receivers than the running backs, right? And you yeah. can figure out what to do with the running backs down the line. I'm I'm of the same opinion. Yes. So, um, yes. again, great minds think alike. Um, but yeah, I I think for me the reason that I like the wide receivers is I think that the fall off after the first couple of tiers is pretty drastic. Like, I wouldn't want, like, my starting wideouts, I wouldn't want to go with my number one wideout being, like, a low tier three, tier four guy. I, I think I'd be up Shit's Creek if that was it. No. So, if if you're looking, like, if you wait, let's say you wait, let's say you fill up your quarterback and you go high on quarterback. So you go with like a, a, a Josh Allen or a Jalen hurts. Right. And you go with two running backs out of the first three picks. So your first three picks are two running backs and a quarterback. You're now like looking at picks like 37, 37 and not we, I'm, obviously, you know, which we didn't say we're discussing 12 team leagues, right? Right. Like we're yes. basing this all off of 12 team leagues. Yeah. So, For frame of reference, 12 team leagues, uh, PPR, right? Full PPR. P- so. Right. Full, full PPR, right? One point per PPR, uh, one point per reception. So when you're looking at that, if you wait till that point, you're looking at DJ Moore. Yes. That's, what, that's my point. Yes. Exactly. Like De- DeAndre Hopkins. Like they could be good, sure. Like these uh, Christian Watson, Drake London. You're like, making my I point mean, for me. I don't want that to be my number one. No, like that's that. Those aren't ones. Like th- those people aren't ones. They're and that's what I mean. And I don't want that to be my number one because they're not a one. 
Sure. But it could be, but they could be unbelievable threes. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm just saying that if I feel this year, if you go heavy in one, heavy in running backs, or if you're going to invest one of those picks in a quarterback, you run the the risk of having DJ Moore as your number one wide receiver, right? And that's and that's what yeah. and that's and I I think that's a big time risk compared to the other risk where you could be making similar choices at a running back and you still could get paid off, right? So you could, by average draft positions right now, if you went the route that I'm talking about, you like let's say you were pick one, right? You go Justin Jefferson, then you would wind up with Devontae Smith and then a T. Higgins. You could start off this draft with three wide receivers of Justin Jefferson, Devonte Smith, T. Higgins. Like that's a that's a solidly unbelievable almost like start to a draft. Like you 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 you're, you're all, like those are incredible incredible points right there. Like that's right. that's, that's unheard of. So let's not. I, I I don't have ADP pulled up for. I have average of you know multiple uh, multiple different sites. Their rankings then averaged into a you know a, a number here. So these aren't ADP per se, but you know it's equivalent kind of. And let's use that thirty number that you were looking at there for if you were to go running backs and and quarterback heavy. If you were to look at those same thirties, we were looking at like a, D, a DJ Moore type character for wide receivers. The running backs you're looking at. Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins, James Conner, Cam Akers, Alvin Kamara, David Montgomery, Javante, Javante Williams, DeAndre. I'm completely fine having those guys as my starting running backs. I'm fine with it. Yeah, sure. I you mean, I don't, I don't want Miles Sanders, but yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean, take your personal preference out of it. I'm just saying that if those guys are my one and two running backs – you know, I get, I get, I don't know, uh, Brian Robinson Jr. and DeAndre Swift as my two running backs. Am I super happy with it? No, but I'll start with it, and then I'll probably try to pick out, you know, other shit to compliment, right? And then I, I'm more happy with that than doing that same approach with, with wide receivers. And I think we'll see that as we talk about our tiers here. So that said, let's kick it off. I, for real this time, without backtracking and talking about strategy, but your tier ones, if you want to, go into tier two because for me, one and two are are kind of short. Uh, yeah, for wide receiver, we're just talking wide receiver because t- t- are we just can, can we just knock tight end like out of the way right now? Like there's, I have them included, no but I, you know whatever. I mean, if you don't have them, you can th- if you think of it top of mind. Throw in there's, the tight end where you right, think they would right. be. There's, I, I, there's only three, but and and Kelsey would be in in the the tier of, you know, wide receiver one slash tight end. Right? Sure. So, so you're looking at Jefferson. You're looking at Chase. You're looking at Hill. I I don't I don't I'm not into the cup thing. So I kind of leave cup out. Um, and then and then Diggs and Lamb. Right. So so. Those are my top four mixed with Kelsey. So my my tier one is is a little different than most people's, but uh, 
for sake of argument, like that is my top five in the wide receiving category. And I don't even like, and I don't even like Kelsey. Like I'm not going to draft Kelsey unless like he falls to me. Like if I have the end of the first round and Kelsey happens to fall to like the 12th pick and I can take him and somebody else with 13 picks. I, I love I love him, but like he's he's getting too old for me at this point. Right. So I, I understand what you're saying there. I did it differently only because I I have a harder uh, I'm a little bit harder of a greater because I create more tiers. So like for me, tier one is Jefferson and Chase. Those are the two guys, yeah. right? Like I if those guys are available, I pick them before everybody else. And then after that, you know, then I would have to consider like, okay, well, what's tier one of running back? It, it was McCaffrey and Eckler. If the next guy is McCaffrey, Eckler, Hill, or Lamb, which one am I taking? I don't know. I probably end up taking McCaffrey or Eckler for points, but I'm not quite sure, right? It, it's not in the moment. But that's why I, I said that my tier one is Jefferson and Chase, and that's it. And you'll understand as I go as I go farther down because my buckets are just different. You have all those guys in one though, and you'll take all those guys in one rather than a running back. Sure. Yes. You don't have to agree with me. Feel free to disagree, well, sir. I, I just I've never drafted McCaffrey. I don't want McCaffrey. I I love Eckler. I you know that I've I've been like the Eckler go to for years. Like. I'm just really scared of what that offense is going to be with Kellen Moore. I do not remember the Dallas Cowboys truly utilizing Tony Pollard outside of like those, what, eight touches a game, right? And like Tony Pollard is just like Austin Eckler. I don't think they're going to utilize him the way that they did last year. Okay. Um, so, then you talk about your third guy, which would be B. John Robinson, and he's too unproven. If any of those five guys I named, well, I should say, technically Kelsey should be in a different tier, but if the Jefferson, the Chase, the Hill, uh, uh, the Diggs, or the Lamb are available, yeah, I'm, I'm going to wind up taking one of them before I take a running back. I'm, I'm down on running backs, man. That's just me. Yeah, no, I understand. I'm I'm not big on running backs either. I'm just saying in the moment, if those are my choices, my tier two would fall on Hill, CeeDee Lamb, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams. This is where I have Kelsey, and then I have Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, I, in most likelihood, will not touch in any of these drafts. I just do not want any part of that for him coming back down, reversion to the mean, or getting injured. I just don't want to deal with it. Or Stafford getting hurt, and he has you know, Stetson as his backup or whatever the hell. I, I just don't want to deal with it. But that would be my second bucket, right? Because I kind of see all those guys as like, all right, they're all kind of the same scoring potential at least, right? And I think I like Lamb the most. I think the highest potential of that bunch is probably Tyree Kill, should everything go right for him. But I think Lamb is probably a safer bet because, again, I have the two questions and I have, you know, other questions about Hill just being older, 28, 29. Speeds are, you know, down in Miami with the heat. I, you never know what happens. Last year, wasn't there an injury uh, scare for a hot second with him? Turned out to be nothing. But anyway, um, you know, that ends up being my tier two. 
right? And I think there's definitely a difference between Jefferson and Chase and that group I just mentioned. Honestly, man, and more I hear about it too. If you want to talk about your tier one, like I, I like Chase, and I I think Chase is is great. He's you know he's he's a miraculous talent, but like his numbers weren't that good last year compared to some of the other top tier guys. Well, I'll give you the top ten wide receivers in terms of yards per game. And so, and this is regardless of their yardage. This is just yards per game. So, Cup will be up there because he had a great showing until he got hurt. Like, actually a pretty crazy showing. He was on a fucking tear. So, it, Jefferson was at 106. Hill is 2 at 100. Then Cup is next at 90. So, there was a 10, 10 yards difference, yards per game, between Hill and Jefferson and then Cup, right? So those were one, two, three. Then it goes Diggs, Adams, A.J. Brown, Jamar Chase at seven, CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Waddell, and DeAndre Hopkins. So that was your top ten in terms of yards per game. Now to talk about Chase specifically, he had 11.2 targets per game, which was the most in the top ten. So he was targeted the most, right? But then he had a low capitalization rate. Now I'm going to define capitalization basically as yardage divided by targets, right? So if they have high, you know, a huge amount of yardage and then they have low targets, they're making a ton for all their utilization, right? But here, of all of the people, it was, you know, Jamar Chase who had kind of a weak, you know, utilization, right? So his utilization was only 78 and within the top 10, that was the worst that there was. Uh, actually, Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins was 7.5. So Chase being 7.8. So to your point, his numbers were apparent, but he wasn't great. I agree with you. He could have been a lot better. No, he got more He got more, uh, He got got more. more reps or, or looks than, than most of the other you know, players in there. But he did not capitalize on those opportunities. Right. Now, he obviously, but, he had 12 games, the, so it, it might have taken him some time to ramp up. But he got the targets. If you wanted targets, Chase got them. And it didn't ultimately produce, you know, on the back end. He, he did do okay with his touchdowns for the 12 games. He had nine touchdowns. Like, that was pretty solid. But again, you know, getting that thousand, just above thousand yards, you know, off all of those targets, it left a little little to be desired but capitalization rate also doesn't include how many of those targets were actually on like on target like no, how, you how, could, yeah go, go to pro football focus go to warren sharp go, go to one of these deep divers uh, data analytics guys uh, the, the ben kid from uh right who then from the ringer and they're like right and then they're like oh uh, he had 11 targets, but only two of them were actually catchable balls. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, want, I don't want to spend my time breaking down the stats, right? I just want to read the stats and express how I feel and how it, you know, like, yeah, sure, sure. I guess if you want to data mine, you know, till the fucking cows come home and pull out every single little statistic that you could come up with to figure out, you know, what what's going to be your your dot chart, like, go ahead. I, I just, I, I don't have the time. You know, I, I just like general numbers.
numbers that I can use. And so, you know, yardage divided by targets to me, you know, is kind of a, a, a layman's utilization rate, right? Or capitalization rate. If you sure. Know. So, I mean, that I would, I would expect full year, barring Burrow not being hurt, that that 7-8 would go up, not down. Right, you know, you compare that per se to Jalen Waddle, right, who came in at nine in yards per game. He got all of that on like no targets. His capitalization rate was through the roof, right? He mm-hmm. also had the highest yards per reception of all these guys. He was at eighteen. Oddly enough, AJ Brown was at seventeen, but uh, I'm not. I, he's another guy I had. Waddle Waddle I, I, was eighteen. So like for him, I, my concern with Waddle a little bit. Is just that you know that comes down to earth, but that that's pretty primarily a function of the fact that he's a high flyer and he you know he's the deep threat guy. So I get it. Uh, yeah, I. Um, there's a reason why I like if you're gonna win in fantasy, I'm just gonna say this uh, from a personal perspective. It's when you catch the right trend where the number two outperforms the number one. So the Waddle outperforms the Hill. The Devontae Smith outperforms the A.J. Brown, right? Like, those are, like, key factors in winning. So when we're well, talking Well, the Amon St. Brown from two years ago. Perfect example, right? right? Like, he... Just blew the fuck up. Yes. Yes. He won everybody need- leagues because he was that money. Yep. Because you need, you need that. You need to catch that. <laughs> you you played the the blow up noise and um, monkey must have heard it and <laughs> just jumped <laughs> jump jumped off the couch. Monk being uh, my my brother's pet dog. Pet dog. They, they're uh, uh, all dogs are pet pets. Dog. I could just say dog. Dog. Fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a dog. I got you. It's pet. Anyway, continue. Yes. Yes. So. And this goes back to Chase and Chase's potential for not being a top-tier guy. Right. And so, like, you look at it and, like, like, I I don't know. Higgins is really good, you know? Like, he's not Jamar Chase, but he's a good enough talent to really fuck up Chase's... Like he doesn't see. I don't think that at all. But that's fine. I we can have a different opinion. I, I, Higgins to me doesn't scare my chase drafting. Uh, but but it does in in the sense that you consider a Justin Jefferson with no competition, a uh, Devontae Adams with no competition. A Stefan Diggs with really no competition, a CeeDee Lamb with no competition. When you look at those guys, you're you're you know, of course you're all in on those guys because they don't they don't have any competition for targets. They are the target. Yeah, right? no, I got There's you. Never- but like Higgins was Higgins got around seven targets a game. He came in at about sixty-four yards per game. You know, the, the capitalization number was like nine four. So that was a lot better than Chase's, obviously. Um, you know, seven touchdowns, you know, I'm sorry, like 109 targets to Higgins is not scaring me away from the, the potential that I see in Chase. I'm still waiting for Chase's like tits year, right? I'm waiting for that one year where it was like, God damn, that guy is so good. He needs, he needs, I, I don't, honestly, he, he might, 
you remember how good Beckham was? Like Odell Beckham. That I, year I mean, he was like, on the Giants. Oh. I watched him every game. He was he he. No, I'm not not just because he was on the Giants. When you remember well, how I'm saying good I he watched was, him, so yes, I know how good he is. He was good for three wins a game, just him alone. Just him alone was good enough right, for three he, wins a game uh, a season. And, but then, but then he got hurt and he faded, and he got hurt again and he faded, and he got hurt again and he faded, like. I could see Chase going through that. Like, where Dude, just, it's his third you, year in the league. <laughs> it's his third I know. year. I know. It's a little I early just, to start I, talking the injury stuff here. He was so good. No, not injuries. I'm saying where he just fades. Like, I, he was so good his rookie year. He was worse, a, a little under how good he was in his second year. Like, if he's a little under that again in his third year, Next year, everyone's going to be like, yeah, he might, you know, he might have fucking hit his peak already. He's not as good as we thought he was. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I, I mean, we would have to see because we'd have to see what his performance is this year. And then if it triggers this year, that kind yeah, of talk. Right. right. But, I mean, that's a whole nother topic. That's that's just me and Jamar Chase. Like, he's not, I, he's not really a guy I'm going to draft too much of either, man. I, I, I look for... I don't I, like Justin Jefferson. If you can't get Justin Jefferson, I think I would rank like a, I think I'd rather have a Tyree Kill than a Jamar Chase. Oh, I would not, but I mean that's obviously a difference for me. I chases chases with Jefferson, and after that, you know Hill is after that, um, and then like CD Lamb for me. Like I mentioned, Diggs, AJ Brown, Adams, Kelsey Cook. Yeah, I um, might like I like. I like Lamb more than I like Diggs, but but we're we're spending a lot of time here, and this is we're, we gotta we gotta get going because I got work in the morning. So yeah, um, oh, okay, sir. So uh, let's just bounce into tier three then, because that's where we were, and we'll just rip through these these tiers. We won't drill down too much, and then we'll just touch on a, you know a tight end for a hot second, and then we'll bounce. Yeah. So like the 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 third the third tier for me starts kind of like where that. That typical, like third, third, uh, third round average would be like that. That two three turn, that two into the three, down into the fours. Like the first, like once you get here, to me, it's kind of like that starts to drop off. And I don't know how you feel about that. That's just me. But you you break it down a lot more definitively than I do. I I, I clump together big groups of, of wide receivers. But when you get into the Devontae Smiths, the T Higgins, the Calvin Ridley's, the DK Metcalf's like that's, that's kind of like my third tier. Yeah. So does that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. My tier three is basically, this is the last group of guys that I want to be my number one. Anybody that is below this tier, I'm fucked. Right, as, as my number one wide receivers. Unless I might catch lightning in a bottle or I just, you know, I, I get some kind of potential pick later that ends up blossoming. But so, like, Amon Ra St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Chris Olave, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen, and T. Higgins. That's who I have on my threes. Like, I'll take those guys and I'll take them as my number one and I'll be like, okay, I'm fine. Maybe I'll get two of these guys and they'll be my one-two. Fine. You know, but the next tier is where if this is my starting wide receiver, I'm I'm shaking a little bit because I'm gonna I'm gonna lose points compared to other teams. 
I understand where you're going with it. I, I don't, I don't believe you see that, that messes up the tears versus my ranks. Right. Because like, that's fine. The way it's just a talking point, right? Sure. I, I get it. I get it. But when it comes to what your, uh, uh, breakdown is of all the different players, I understand that philosophy, but to me, that would be all my tier one and partially some of my, my tier two. Sure. Like I, I, anybody past that point, you're right. Like you're not wrong. Like everybody past that point, it's going to be tough to imagine them being, something's going to have to happen for them to be a WR one. Like it's once you're past that tier that you just named, they're all players that have the opportunity to be uh, wide receiver ones, but they're either going to have to really outplay their averages or somebody in front of them is going to have to collapse. Right. I think I imagine it. If I end up investing a running back in my first or second pick, well, it, you know, I get you have to be my first pick, right? I'm probably going to land with a tier three guy as my starting wide receiver if I go wide receiver the second round, right? That, that's that's what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, because I think probably. the wide receivers yeah. are going to fly, right? So I think I'm going to have that group that I just talked about as one of my starters. Should I get the third pick and I end up going McCaffrey? Well, what am I going to get for my starting wide receiver? It's going to be one of these guys, I think, which I'm not bad with. You know, I'm just saying that that's it. And that's that's probably as much as I'm willing to take risk wise with wide receiver, because my four, and then I'll throw it to you for yours, is this group that I don't want these guys being my one: Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Watson, Jerry Judy, Terry McLaurin, Mark Andrews, George Pickens. I have in this group: Debo Samuel, Christian Kirk, Drake London, Brandon Ayuk, Mike Williams, Tyler Lockett, and then I have Goodwin's Evans, and that rounds out my four. It's a bigger group, and it's just kind of a hodgepodge because I think it gets really tough after Tier 3 to really pick. You know, there's some guys I like, but who the hell knows? You know, I like Pickens. I like McLaurin. They're in my four, but I'm not quite sure. Yeah, so, like, when it comes to to tight ends, too, to mix in here, see, like, this, my my Tier 4 would be kind of what I look at as my WR3. Right, like people to fill my wide receiver three and my wide receiver four roles. Right, I, I know that you love you love to have playing with you long enough. You love to have three like beyond solid wide receivers. Right, you you like to have a team where where everybody looks at the team and they say, "Shit, he could put up sixty to eighty points just in his wide receivers alone." Right. Yeah, and, I, I just and, and I you, think it has the highest point potential putting your investment sure, there. Sure, sure. No one's gonna doubt that. But and and then your your bench is full of guys that you're like second half breakouts. I'm gonna just sit on these motherfuckers and eventually come week eight, they're gonna be amazing. And then you might have one of your three top guys drop out and you'll be able to slide that guy in. I don't. I don't like to play that way. I like to have more of a base average, and I like to have four or five of them. Sure. So, fine. 
which 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 pans out. It could pan out the same way, where my team and your team look very similar, but we had two different strategies going into it. Yeah, you know completely. what I mean. Like it, 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 it's just how how the game goes. So a, a guy like, for instance, like a guy like Brandon Ayuk, right? Like he could very he is most likely if you thought of him and you had to put a one through five wide receiver rank on your you know on it. You would probably put a wide receiver four rank on Brandon Ayuk, or maybe a wide receiver three. Yeah, three right? four, like three one, four is three four is where three, I would have him. And that's exactly why he's in tier four for me, right? right? Like he is, he is a guy that I could foresee easily filling that wide receiver three role, especially if there's an injury ahead of him, right? So, so when I'm breaking down who I want for these specific spots, I really like to use my tiers as kind of a determination of, okay, it's now time to switch. Like, if I'm past that wide receiver four tier, like, now it's just, it, shit. this shit's on the wall, right? Like, there's no rhyme or reason to it at that point, right? I, and I don't think you've actually followed through with, keeping to your ranks or tiers when it gets to a certain point. You know well, what I mean? Well, you can't. And, and that overall with with fantasy football is one of the knocks on, on all of draft preparation and, you know, putting a lot of time into reading articles and listening to podcasts and trying to get your mind right going into any given draft is because you can never predict what anybody else is going to do. And in the moment, you could have everything lined up. And like Tyson said, you know, everybody's got to plan until you get punched in the mouth. And so all of a sudden you're sitting with two or three guys that you're like, these guys aren't getting touched. I'm going to grab them later. And then somebody comes through and grabs them two rounds earlier than you ever even thought they would sniff at them. Right? So somebody comes through round two and they're like George Pickens. And you're like, what the fuck? Round two? Really? And then all of a sudden it's just kind of like, all right, well, that kind of shoots a lot of things. I got to change my strategy and my thought process a little bit here on the fly. And then everything that we're talked about is it's all null and void because somebody threw a monkey in the wrench and blasted somebody up a couple of rounds. And that kind of changes everything thereafter. Right? Butterfly effect. So. Yes. That's like when people go on. Like in the first round, people are going to get scared because they're going to start drafting Eckler, McCaffrey, uh, Barkley, Bijan Robinson. Right? It's gonna you're going to get like four or five running backs in a row, and then everybody's going to be like, "Oh shit, I got to grab a running back!" Like they're all going to be gone. Right? Yeah. Well, right. And then you're you're going to wind up having like seven running backs in a row. And I'm just using that as an example, but. It's not going to happen in the first round, but it happens in the third round. It happens in the fourth round where everybody forgets like, oh, shit, I forgot he was available. And there's like four running backs that go in a row. And then all of a sudden it's all running backs for like seven picks. Right. Which is why you want to get ahead of the curves position wise. You don't want to be sitting there and then have to draft, you know, for need because it just screws everything up. Right. So if you want to throw the dice and not pick a quarterback until later and then all of a sudden the quarterbacks start really thinning out and you're like oh shit this isn't what I thought somebody's picking their backup quarterback already 
when I don't even have my first one. So you kind of want to get ahead of the curves in that regard. So like tier five action, which is going to be, you know, wide receiver four or five, you know, guys off the bench, uh, maybe even like your third round guy. You know, I have, uh, you know, Dotson, Marquise Brown, Darren Waller, and Hawkinson, the two tight ends there that I, I like to be considered. Uh, Jordan Addison, who's now coming into Minnesota. Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman, Gabe Davis, JSN, uh, Brandon Cooks now in Dallas. Traylon Burks, although he's injured, so I don't know how that's going to affect him. Uh, Michael Thomas, Cortland Sutton, Zay Flowers, who I think is, uh, you know, I like him here. I think that he probably will end up getting grabbed around here too. I think it's a fair assessment, but I don't know. Sky Moore, Nico Collins, and Darius Tony. Tony I hate because he's always injured, but those are the guys that are like my wide receiver four and five. And then everybody else after that is like the rest, the guys, whoever it is. You know, like okay, yeah, that guy sounds they're great. all they're all just they're all just guys at that point, right? I mean, they're you're just you're kind of just taking whatever's. Some will pop up, you know. Some won't, but. You know, who who rounds out your tiers before you get to just the guys? Like, the last person I would care, like, the last group of guys that I would really give a shit about before you just start filling in the, the gaps are the, you know, like, that 35 range. Like, a Gabe Davis, uh, um, uh, yep. a Mike Evans, a Mike Evans. Sure. Uh, like, a Marquise Brown. Really, after that, I, I don't, I don't really care, man. Like I, I'm taking whatever value I see is best. Yeah, and that, those are guys, and I'm just gonna rip off, rip off like just names out of this. And we're talking about, all right, you you got everybody in your tiers, and now you're looking at the rest of the pack. You're looking at like Juju's or Alan Lazard's, DJ Shark. I mentioned, right? Like I like him as kind of a potential. Uh, you know, break out up into a higher tier, but right now he's just a guy. Uh, Romeo Dubs sounds like somebody that you like that you might think that might pop up to one of those other tiers, but right now you kind of don't know what to make of him, right? Uh, you know, you're- no, he's like that guy. He's like he's a perfect spot where nobody's gonna really give a shit. So I'll take him around ahead of his ADP because I, I I'll take the chance because he's going so late anyway. It doesn't matter, right? Sure. But, like, th- there's other guys that people are just going to take stabs at, right? Um, like, I, did I just mention Romeo Dubs? I, if I didn't, I just did. You know, Alec Pierce from Indi- in, Indian- Indianapolis because he looked at pretty good at spots last year. Uh, Wandale Robinson, who, again, high potential because of his athletic ability. You know, just guys. You can just pick them out and throw them out there. But they're just guys. And it's just going to be people that you like that you're like, yeah, I kind of like the potential on them. I didn't know what I was going to get, so I'm just going to grab them here. Dude, the freaking they canceled the game because of an injury. They the fucking Patriots and the Packers. Well, what was the injury? Uh, I don't. I can't. No, I can't Isaiah find it. Isaiah Bolden, cornerback, placed on a stretcher, carted off the field due to an injury. So now the question becomes, you know, they're going to do this every time. Well, I don't know about every time, right? But look. It, you'd have to go to the internet right now and check it out. But the question becomes, is it going to be another one of these cardiac arrest things? And, I, you know, let, let's not get too deep into it. I know I'm the one bringing it up. But, you know, this is becoming a concern across the board 
for anybody who has taken the shot or is just, you know, or knows people that taken the shot, because I don't care what anybody wants to say, and, I, you know, I'm not making it into a fucking political issue. I took the goddamn shot. I did not get it for my kids. Not because I'm an anti-vaxxer, not because, I, you know, I am a, a, a fucking of one affiliate, uh, what, de- Democrat, spit it out, Rich. I'm, I'm not of a... a Governmental party, a political party. That's what I was trying to say. God damn! I Wait, what the so fuck stupid. are you talking about? Are you talking about COVID shot? Yes, because it it is a, a definite possibility that the COVID shot is having heart implications, right? Myocarditis, right? They're talking about the heart inflammation because just recently, not only did LeBron's kid, right? So Hamlin on TV, suffered a cardiac arrest. Um, LeBron's kid suffered cardiac arrest. He was okay. And then if you read, there was a stud high school Alabama uh, basketball player had cardiac arrest playing a pickup game. Dropped dead. And so now the question is going to become like, look, you know, th- this just didn't happen Oh my like God, that's, that's three people in the world. Yeah, when did you hear about these stories elsewhere? Again, I, I let's not talk about it. Yeah, they suspended the game. I'm interested to see if it was a cardiac arrest thing or it was a if it was a possible, you know, I, I mean, a possible uh, what do you call it? Um, paralysis, you know, some kind of neck injury, whatever the hell it was. Uh, I hope uh, Bolden is okay. Wish all the best. And it's a preseason game, so who gives a shit? Right. I mean, usually they continue, and I just want to see what it is because if it turns out to be another somebody suffering some kind of traumatic heart issue on on the fucking field, it's it's a problem. It's a problem, and you're going to hear more and more about it as it goes on. But anyway, I digress. That was a, a, a fucking podcast killer right there. Fun kryptonite. So, um, all right. Anyway, that game is suspended. Let's get back into our wide receiver uh, rankings here. And end that. We'll just do a quick five minutes on tight ends. I don't know how you break it up. Kelsey's really the only guy that I'm, I'm looking to draft early um, and take in, in round one, two. I think at 33 years old, I'm not going to be investing in Kelsey. So then I would look at Andrews, Hawkinson, and Waller. And then after that, I don't know. Uh, the rest are kind of just guys. Hawkinson, I, I'd like to have a little bit of stake in this year. I do, not, too. He looked great when he got not, traded to Minnesota. Yeah, like, not a lot, but, I mean, he's like the, the I, I get, he's like the, the the fake number two, like the pseudo number, pseudo wide receiver two. Um, they don't really, I mean, that kid Addison's there now. I guess they drafted him, and that's fine, but doesn't change the fact that, like Hawkinson's at least been there and, and cousins is going to lean on him a little bit. And then like, I guess I'll, I'll have a little bit of Goddard, you know, and, and just kind of ride that to see if he gets a decent amount of, of targets, but I'm, I'm, he's a scary one too. Pitts, Pitts could be great. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, you're talking about Desmond Ritter with, it's still a, it's still up for debate if if that dude's even good. And then there's nobody. And then there's just I I there's there's I don't want I don't want Waller. I don't want Kittle. I don't want Fryermuth. I don't want Najoku. I I don't know what this kid Dalton Kincaid's gonna do. 
you know, but there, but there's going to be somebody who's really good. Who's like in the end there. Yeah. I like Kincaid. Like, uh, you know, when it gets down to it, you know, would I be okay grabbing like Hayden Hurst off of Carolina and, you know, riding him out thinking that he might be, you know, the check down Charlie guy for Bryce Young. Right. You know, Isaiah likely you pick him up because he looked pretty good in spot duty for Andrews last year. You know, maybe he gets a little bit of more PT here, or maybe Andrews goes down. You know, I you think about quarterbacks that valued the tight end position, Tyler Conklin or Uz- Uzama from the Jets, right? Because their captain is Aaron Rodgers, and he always likes to use the tight end, sometimes more than not, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're—I mean, you're right. Oh, Higby, Komet. I mean, there's just not that much. I like no, there's not tight, like tight ends. The worst. I, I could see like a Daniel Bellinger from the Giants, you know, being worth a shot because number one, he is an injury backup to Waller, but number two, he showed flashes of greatness last year, and now you might get tight end sets and stuff from Dayball and the Giants offense, which would be great. And, you know, you might be able to get him on, you know, a late round. But, you know, like Fryermuth, I you know, I like him because he gets a lot of touchdowns, right? And Pickett might like that, you know, like might like using the tight end position even more in his second year. Evan Ingram had a great last year. I don't necessarily trust him, but I love the 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 production. You know, I, David Njoku, I don't know. He's been around. I've been waiting for him to pop. He kind of popped a little bit. Maybe he's worth it. You know, I, I I don't know. I think the top four guys for me are like Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Waller. If I can't get one of those, you know, at one of the top rounds where I feel comfortable, then all of a sudden tight end is like one of the last things I pick. Yeah, it's worthless. Right. Because I just don't, I don't see the value in it. You know, like you just mentioned Higby a couple of times, right? I, I, I go out of the way to pick up Tyler Higby. Like, do I have any kind of guarantee or can I really predict what the hell he's going to pump out? Like, not a chance. There's no, no way. It's, it's, it, after that specific level, it, it's, it's almost like I'm, they, if it's a 20 round draft, it's going to be round 18, 19, 20 is going to be tight end. Uh, defense kicker, right, right. If if, um, if if we're playing IDP, uh, it might be uh, tight end, safety, linebacker, right. And it looks uh, as I'm just I just got a view of the Isaiah Bolden injury. Did uh, you get a hit? Did you get a, a view of the hit? I got a view of it. Yeah, he he's coming in. He's on uh, outside corner, coming in on a crossing pattern, and it looks as though he's flying in against the Packers wide receiver on the other side. He they have inside coverage coming uh, toward the same receiver, and so then Bolden's head just goes kind of like flat into the middle of the other Patriots' chest. So it's like a head-to-chest, like a head-on collision type deal. He flies around, and then he is just, you know, immobile on the ground. Where are you seeing it? On Twitter? Uh, I just went into, I just went into, what do you call it, into YouTube, and then I did a quick search, and then somebody posted something like six minutes ago. So, and he was just laying there on the ground. So it's in, a, it's in whatever shorts 
It's in YouTube shorts, but they show you the uh, the injury. So he just goes flying in, takes the hit. He spins around like a top, and then he's just laying on the ground. And so when everybody walks back, uh, they just they, they show you know people looking down on him, and he is just not moving. So uh, again, I don't know what happened after that. I, I would imagine it was like a concussion type deal, but maybe it was something more. And uh, you know, you you'd wish the best. So, but they stretchered him out and they called it a, a day because who gives a shit at that point? It's fucking you know, it's uh, it's preseason football and it's not worth having everybody play at you know thirty percent because everybody's scared about getting hurt or whatnot. So. Um, all right, but anyway, uh, we'll wrap it up there because we run long here. It, it's over an hour or whatnot, and so we'll uh, we'll button this up and move on, get ready for the next show, which will be our running backs, which is uh, probably a pretty meaty one. And then to wrap up our preseason, we'll talk about uh, gambling and all of our season-long bets before we start doing our weekly uh, bets against the spread. So uh, enjoy the rest of your Saturday, which you got an hour, 45 minutes left here, and then your Sunday, Chris. All the best. Hope uh, you know your, your family had fun without you on their vacation, and uh, <laughs> you get to see them when they come back. So, uh, All right, we'll wrap it up. Enjoy, kid. I'll talk to you later. Adios. All right, peace.